I think that I think that when I know when I'm thinking about how I know that being a victim isn't serving me mm. and the self-pity isn't like I think I think that when I know when I'm like okay this is this is just like it's not serving any purpose if it's like I want to and I, I want to feel something else and what else could I feel what could what could this mean could this be a gift If you're like me, you're an artist and entrepreneur. You've got big ideas, unique skills and services that frankly, no one else can offer the way you do. Yet you're probably still asking yourself these questions. How do you make money yet still have time to create as an artist? How do I run a business if my mind doesn't necessarily think that way? And how can I create a future that isn't dependent on me trading my time for money? Those are the questions we ask ourselves, and this podcast will answer them. My name is Nathan Freitas, and this is the Creative Entrepreneur Blueprint. Follow me as I demystify running a profitable creative business and empower thousands of other creative entrepreneurs like you to make money doing what they're meant to do and impact the world in the process. Let's rock. What's up, folks? This is Nathan Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur Blueprint. I'm here, guested or gifted with the presence of Aaron Laughlin yet again. Um, if you did not hear our day one launch episode, please go back and check that out. Erin um, shared a little bit about her origin story as well as two really helpful tips uh, for creative entrepreneurs who are looking to make that jump from corporate America to full-time entrepreneur, creative artist. So go take a look at that episode. Um, But if you're listening to this now, welcome. Uh, Erin is an amazing painter. Uh, She runs uh, Airbnbs as well. So she's a real estate investor and again has had a previous life uh, in marketing and in healthcare uh, with an an eight to five. So welcome to the podcast, Erin. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's good to have you back. I'm happy to be here. And one of the things that I've been really excited to dig into is you know, we talked about you moving from corporate America, that story, and then becoming the artist. And the, the trippiest thing for me is that you really had no art experience outside of being a kid at mm-hmm. one point, playing with arts, and maybe even doing a couple classes. So here you were, you had left your corporate job, had taken one graphic art course yep. that was under your belt, and here you were trying to make a living as a painter. Mm-hmm. So... um I want to talk about that. Like, you know, what is it? <laughs> How did you? It to me, it's so crazy to think about that. Because, like, for it me, it's crazy. It is right. Yes. I am very much like I've historically loved to have everything planned out. Yeah. From my finances to my marriage, whatever it was, right? Same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because here I am, single. Um, I have technically less money than I had ever in my adult life, but yet I'm happy than I've ever been. So, that's awesome. um, but that's a whole nother episode for me to talk about, but we're here to talk about you. So here we are, you're, or not here we are, but you were a painter mm-hmm. just getting going. Just getting started. How did you find your voice? Like just, I don't know, share with me, where, where were you at at that point? Well, I mean, I was looking at a lot of... I was just checking out what, what other people were doing online. Um, and you know, what good art looked like and just studying, just get, just studying other people's success. 
And one thing I noticed is that artists who are successful have a look and style and they typically do a series that has a look and style at a time, a body of work. And so I was like, okay, that's tough because as a creative, you wanna do all the things you wanna do this project and then yeah. you wanna do this other project that's totally different, a different medium or whatever. Maybe you wanna dabble in photography and you could, like, you're just all over the place, which is fun, it's a lot of variety, but I was like, I am not here for variety, I'm here to be successful so I can live my dreams and I'm gonna try to nail down what I want my style to be. So I gave myself like freedom to just immerse in and just do the wandering thing for like, I think I committed to two months. I think I only ended up doing it for six weeks because I found something that I really struck a chord with me. But during that time, I painted with melt like, like I melted crayons and I like I did you do the <laughs> the the crayons on the top yes, of the I did. canvas? And yes, melt? I did. Okay. I did. I did my version of that. Like I made a weird tree from like the melted crayons. Okay. like crayons. Um, so you basically had like a portfolio of Pinterest. You know, yeah, I basically uh-huh. did anything I saw online. I went to Michaels and I bought like all the weird different kinds of. I mean, they don't just have paint. They have like all kinds of different materials that you can integrate or incorporate. You know, I was like, maybe I want to be a mixed media person. Maybe I want, like, I wasn't sure. So I tried it all. I just let that, I just let that out. You know, that need to do that. I did it. I immersed in it. Um, it was great, you know, cause I'd been in corporate, not doing anything. So it was, and it was, and it helped me get into a mode of creativity and flow and doing some art every day. Um, not eight hours a day by any means, but some every day. So you were enjoying it. I was enjoying myself Hmm. immensely. And this is important, putting it online, (laughs) terrifying, like (laughs) here's my, my like super early like amateur like uh, uh, hey friends who've never even seen me do art um didn't even know that I did art some of them like even close friends I, I mean, had an art room and I did do it in my spare time but they didn't know about it hey this is what I'm doing now and now I'm posting it online for everyone to potentially behind their computer screens rip apart but I kept in mind like I don't care I don't want to be in a cubicle or an office or whatever this is what I want to do, and I just have to get over myself and just put it out there. Um, also, when you do start doing better work, it's it's great to for people to see, wow, like she's really come, like her art is really quality, like you know she's come really far. So I was putting it out there, and I was getting feedback, and that's actually really cool because on Facebook and stuff, it's just friends and family, and 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 so it's fairly safe. I mean, mm-hmm. even though you're you're pretty aware that someone somewhere is probably going, wow, that's crap. Yeah. You left your job. I can't believe, Oh, she left her job and she's trying to be an artist. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I got mainly, I heard mainly supportive things and that was really cool. (laughs) And when I did do my first, it was a landscape with gold leaf. And that was, that's been sort of my style for a while. I knew it just like instantly struck a chord with me. Like, this is what I want to do. I really liked it. And then I put it out there and it did, it did get significantly more attention and discussion and engagement than anything else. And that was just, I didn't need, I don't, didn't need other people's validation. Like I already felt like within me that it was like, 
this is it. This is my hotness. Mm. <laughs> but it, that was just further, you know, like it was just more of a feeling of like, I'm on the right path. So that's what I, that's what I decided to do. And that is how I got started doing the gold leaf that I do now. And the dreamy, like subtle, like blurry landscape looking type yeah. things. And it all came from not having a plan. Like I didn't plan that painting. I didn't plan that style. I didn't plan that to be my series. I was just throwing colors on a thing. I wasn't even trying to make a landscape at all. I was just, I was making an abstract without a plan. And then putting in, I was like, I think that's an island. I think that's supposed to be an island. I'm going to add, add some strokes in that kind of solidify that. And then I was like, this is it. This is what it is. Like, this is how I want to make art. I don't want to have plans, landscapes. I want to do abstracts. I want to just be channeling something else and be loose. And like, then like, if it goes towards looking like a scene, then I take it there. But if it doesn't, then I don't. And that's going to be what I do. And I use the same six tubes of color on every painting for probably like two years. Really? Yes. I love that. I did too. It's interesting. There's so much certainty. So what I loved about what you just shared was, and this is, this is literally something that I'm challenged by, which is just taking action every day. It's imperfect action. Mm -hmm. It's just moving. Yep. But it's enjoying it. Yes. I think that's a really important part is, is I, I, I have spent the majority of my adult life like doing things out of sheer will. Yeah. You know, Just pushing yourself, pushing, you know, like, and yeah. anyone knows me like, Oh yeah, Nathan, he's, he, he'll, he'll get it. He'll make it happen. Yeah. But that it's not necessarily out of joy. Right. And that makes for an unpleasant life. It does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting over here. Like, you're just oh, always oh, waiting oh. for that end outcome before you can enjoy it. Yeah, you're, you're you're wanting that high from the outcome. Yeah. And then when you don't get the outcome, it's a struggle. Totally. Um, so that's really cool. I love that. Yeah. Now you were sharing in the day one launch episode this idea around mentality, and one of the things that you did really well, which was you you had like that certainty that you wanted to be a painter. Right. And now you've been taking all this imperfect action and just mm-hmm. painting and doing something and not obsessing of what it's going to be. Yes. Which is incredibly hard. So again, Super hard. yeah. Um, but then you had shared, I think six months into that, something happened that made you, that kind of really challenged your, your will. Yes. The, it was the thing that I was most worrying that was going to happen. I would say too. Like, I think oh. when you're going to quit your stable money and your health insurance, something that comes up in the back of your head is like, well, what if I get sick? Right. What if something comes up? And it did. (laughs) So that happened. And that was a real game changer. That was a real showstopper because I wasn't painting for six months. I was just trying to figure out, you know, with doctors, what was wrong. And it was like, yeah, that was a really tough time because like I had momentum and then I lost the momentum mm-hmm. and I got excited about something and then I was sad because I didn't, I wasn't doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there all the fear coming back of like health insurance and how is, you know, how am I going to pay for this and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really hard. That was the hardest thing that's happened for sure. 
And you're still dealing with it? Still dealing with it. How long has it been? Three years. Wow. Yes. Three years. <laughs> wow. I know. I feel like I've come a long way with it, but still like so much more to go in terms of like, you know, how to negotiate life with periods of time when I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How do you, I mean, my mind is like, I, I, I jump around around like, I mean, I immediately went to finances. Mm-hmm. You're sick. Yeah. You're still a, a, a budding artist. Yeah, not so, making any money. Right, I'm at, you're, not, you're not raking it <laughs> Literally in. Literally no money, yeah. I, how did you handle the cash flow aspect of things? Well, you know, this is the incredible part because I had to hustle. I had to find some something to do. And that's when I started doing Airbnb. Hmm. That's the reason that that even... That is the reason that I even... Like it's it's uncomfortable for some people, I would say, to have strangers stay in your house with you. Like that was definitely. So you're doing the the shared space. I I started out doing the shared space. Mm. Yes. Because I didn't have you know yeah right. <laughs> I didn't have like a yeah and so, but because like, I mean that's not enough to live on when you're not working at all. Right. I started. I stayed at my friends on the weekends. I had like, man, my friends are amazing. And I had about six friends that I would rotate. So I wasn't, I was trying not to like overstay my welcome. Um, so about every six weeks I would stay with the same person would see me again. Um, and that is how I got through that time period with like financially. And it was tough too because I mean, like packing my stuff up and trying to stay at a friend's and sleeping in a bed that isn't mine when I don't feel good, and I'm, b- I'm barely able to like, you know, uh, carry my own suitcase. Like that was tough too, but it was it was something, for sure. And wow, like now I have this Airbnb income that is like that has changed the game for me today. Like thank. I'm thankful in a way that of the illness because it helped me set or encouraged me. It pushed me to set up something that's almost a passive income Mm. that is totally a a support with art. Right. Cause your setup now is you have one home that is a hundred percent Airbnb. Yes. And then you have your home that you you still do kind of weekends and things like that. Yes. And I stay, you know, I stay in the house. I host with the guests and and it's cool. Yeah. I like it. I do too. Yeah. I, I would say the majority of the time I like majority it. Majority of the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's been a couple recently. For the, for those that are listening, I, I too do Airbnb and I, I actually rent out a, a room in my home. Um, but yeah, there's been a couple recently. That, that they just, don't all go well. <laughs> no. No. Um, but overall, it's been great. Yeah. And they're so, like many people are like very appreciative and, you know, they yeah. leave you these sweet notes. and Totally. You know. People that are willing to, sh- to share a space with you yeah. tend to be pretty loving people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or incredibly awkward. <laughs> or incredibly awkward. <laughs> None in the middle. <laughs> Nothing in between. Yeah. Okay, so that helped you transition that first, holy crap. Yes. I can't do my art. I'm, I can't do anything. I have to survive yeah. and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here we are three years later. You're still dealing with the kind of the yes. cyclical nature of this. Totally. Tell me, talk to me about mentality. Oh my God. I mean, this is the hardest psychologically. This is the hardest thing I've ever been through because 
it's still intermittent. So I will get into flow and everything will be all good and I'll get a lot of momentum and I'll be thinking of projects and applying to things and making my commission schedule. Mm -hmm. And then what's a commission schedule. So like people buy commissions and I have like a, I have a a schedule out of who's, who's next. So like they, they, they put a deposit in and then I I'll schedule it so that I always have like a couple of paintings out that I know are on the books. Got it. I, I want to circle back to that process. Yeah. But. I want to, I want to, cause I have a cool tip on that for artists. If, okay. if they're, if they're out there. Oh, they're out there. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. And then it's, and then it's like out of the blue show, the show's over, pause, accept, just drop everything. Be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Be, be okay with, okay, now I'm resting. Now I'm self-caring. Now is time, you know, I, I set up appointments for, you know, acupuncture and whatever. Um, and so that is a tough shift to always be making, but it does keep me really, really grateful. Like when I'm feeling good, yeah. I am why I'm thankful that I can do like basic. I've seen anything. you in that state. You have seen me in the peak of that state. Yeah. And I'm just like, I walked in your door and I'm thankful about it. Yeah. <laughs> I drove over here. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Let me celebrate. So yeah, it's, it's tough, it, but it's like, it's forced me to grow a lot. Like I'm constantly being given perspective, you know, <laughs> like it's a real, it's really good perspective. God. Yeah, but tough. I, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I have a lot of bad days. Like I'm, I'm talking from strength right now, but like, I am not always like this mature about it. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. Yeah. Would you mind sharing? Yeah, like, I mean it's like, like when you're not strong. What's it like? You have a tendency in a bad time, and you're in bad times in your life. You have a tendency to think it's forever. It's permanent. It's gonna last forever. Yeah. This is never going to end. You're in a suffering state. Like even just like, you know, I'm talking about like not physical pain. I mean, physical pain and emotional pain are so hand in hand. You know, there's, there's a really kind of a separation between what's going on. Like what might've just happened to you. Maybe you got robbed. Maybe you had a bad breakup. Maybe you're having a health thing. There, there's something that's going on that's happening. And you've had all three of those. <laughs> yes, I have. Let me repeat that. You've had all three of those. <laughs> this is all happened together. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's like how you deal with it and how you think of it and how, like how you look at it. There's, those are kind of like separate, you know, there's like your psychology around it. And then there's like the thing that's happening. Yeah. Like the thing that's happening sucks. There's no like way around that it sucks, but then there's, you know, like, I don't know. I can, I can definitely go down the 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 whole of like feeling like a victim feeling this is happening to me this is not happening for me that's very easy for anyone to, f- to feel like in those yeah. circumstances yeah. so do you, how do yeah. you <laughs> the, you said something earlier and i think that is probably one of the ways that you're successfully able to get through those phases of um little aaron sad aaron yes. victim aaron yeah and that is acceptance acceptance and you seem to be the master of acceptance. I would definitely not say I'm the master. 
well, you're in the, you're, yeah, do we ever master it? But yeah. you probably do it a lot better than most. Uh, you yeah. definitely do it better than me. <laughs> I don't know about that. You've, you had it a lot too. <laughs> um, do you, is there anything, I mean, it, it's, it's so simple and not easy. Yeah. Is there anything else on, outside of acceptance that you've found that have helped you get through that victimhood kind of mentality? I think that, I think that when I know, when I'm thinking about how I know that being a victim isn't serving me mm. and the self-pity isn't like, I think, I think that when I know when I'm like, okay, this is, this is just like, it's not serving any purpose. If it's like, I want to, and I, I want to feel something else and what else could I feel? What could, what could this mean? Could this be a gift? Could it be something that like causes me to set up a passive income that now I, my life is amazing. You know, like, is there some positive meaning that I can put on this? Because that's, that's something that I've read too about like putting a positive meaning on the bad things that happen in our lives, how good that is for our psychology in that time. Because if you can make it be like, like, is it possible, even though I can't see it in this moment and it's like, fuck that. No, it's not possible. Like in the moment I'm like usually thinking like, no, like it's not, <laughs> but could it be like introduced the idea, the possibility introduced, cause there is always a possibility that there is some good that's going to come of it that you can't see in the moment. And like, maybe I'm going to help people with my story. Maybe someone's going to hear this podcast and it's going to help them in some way. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason that I'm going through this. Yeah. I do know that it's making me super strong and all these things. So I think a positive meaning is another, is another thing that helps. Man, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know how to transition to this. I, it's, it's, (laughs) I feel like I could talk for hours on that topic. Yeah, I know. Acceptance, right? Yeah. Um, Acceptance and. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think, I think you, you, you said it incredibly well. And so we'll leave it at that. Cool. So transitioning back, we've made it through our, our victimhood cycle. Mm-hmm. The one, the, the, the most recent one There will be more. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> and talk to me about how are you successfully running this business? Cause a lot of artists that I talk to, they'll say, I don't, I, I don't know how to run a business. Mm-hmm. Right. It's better, but I, I'm really good at taking pictures or I'm really right. good at painting. Yeah. And you seem to have a mix of the two. Yeah. I mean, I know there's so many things I could say right now. Um, I don't even know where to start. Well, let's look at it. uh, I mean, we can look at the acquiring of clients or commissions. Okay. Yes. um, Or we could look at the actual, once you've locked them in, you've Mm -hmm. got the commissions. Yep. How do you handle that whole process? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's areas that I'm missing. Is there, is there like a, even a follow-up once you've delivered a piece? I'm ter- oh, follow-up after delivery? Yeah. I like to follow up because um, I love to get a photo of their space um, and so that I can, you know, and I ask their permission to put it out there. But yeah, I think follow-up is great because, well, in my field, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty common to have a repeat customer mm-hmm. so yeah follow-up is definitely important okay I probably don't do that as much as I should gotcha yeah um, well, like reoccurring customers just... yeah definitely there's so many I mean there's so many things that you can be doing that you should be doing 
I think it's not to get too overwhelmed with that and think that there's like this perfect set of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you had mentioned you've got like this really uh, a, a golden nugget to yes, share with artists if they're out there. Yes, artists who are out there. Yeah. So um, I don't carry a lot of inventory um, because I'm not someone who paints eight hours a day. Like physically, I just couldn't do that. And I don't want to do that, to be honest. Um, it's a special sacred time for me and I don't need to do it for eight hours a day. Um, so I don't carry a ton of inventory. Um, and so my website is prior paintings and it's, it's my prior work. So someone can go on and they can see tons of examples of what I do without me actually having them in. I don't have like this perfect little series, this perfect little body that's available all the time. And then what started happening is that, um, people were asking about these paintings and I was saying, you know, this is sold but I will paint this for you again. And that is literally the majority of my commission work is people see something they want and then they want, they commission it. They might change the size. They might want maybe a rectangle versus a square. I will go into their house and I will measure. It's still very custom. It still feels very custom and special. Um, they'll even change. Maybe I don't want any brown. I just want charcoal, whatever. Hmm. I don't want a lot of gold, whatever it is. They can make some tweaks to it, but it takes the unknown weirdness out of, I want to commission art, but I have no idea if she gets what I want, if she's seeing visually what I have in my head. Like that is very difficult to, to kind of nail. It's definitely, I haven't had any bad experiences with doing commissions that way either, but I get way more commissions on, I love the way that specific painting looks and I want something either like that or I want that Hmm. and it's with abstract you would think that that would be really tough because it's it's not but it's not like I know my paint tubes I don't have to write them down I suppose you could but I know I know the colors that I use in every painting and I don't find it difficult to read I don't I think other artists would agree with me it's not that nuts to reproduce a prior piece it's not going to be perfect and people understand that um so yeah i think that's i feel like that's been really a big piece of sales for me so i'm assuming then most artists might historically think they need to have an inventory images of that inventory and you are selling those individual pieces right but you're saying it's almost like going back to even how you started to find your voice Mm -hmm. You go out there, you paint something, mm-hmm. you throw it up on your website. Yes. Get it out there. Get it out there. And, and if, if it's sold, great. It stays on your website. Mm-hmm. If, By the way, tell people that you've put it on your website. Like sometimes it's these little things like, mm. do you actually have your link to your website? And I'm talking about the place where they can make a purchase. Is it obvious how people can make a purchase? Is that link on your Instagram and your face? Like sometimes it's just these little things. One one time I wrote up a like a like, hey, this is how like commission process works on my website. Mm-hmm. Just like here's the steps, and I'll come out and measure, and I'll we can talk through, and I'll make a quote, and then you can decide. Like it's just kind of demystifying that that for them. That that one thing making that that write up was like very very helpful for people. And this gets into, this is almost part of your marketing strategy. Definitely. You're, you're, you're putting yourself in the shoes of your buyer. Yes. And you're, and you're asking yourself the questions that they're going to ask you. Yeah. I mean, they're making a big purchase. Yeah. 
like tell them what they need to make them feel comfortable about it. Hmm. You know, give them some certainty about what they're going to be getting and the quality of it and what it will look like. Are there some other tactics that you've used to think like your buyers? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of what, um, I, I think about it all the time. I try to think about it all the time. Anytime I put something out there, I try to think, like even when I was putting out photos of the art, uh-huh. putting out a photo of a piece of art isn't enough. People need to see different angles, like weird angles, side angles, light reflecting off of it. They want to see it in a room. That really like helps. When you're making an online purchase and you can't see it in person, Interesting. So you're actually, you're doing a a close-up shot of the textures. Close-up shots of the texture, definitely. You know, it's funny you say that. So I I shared that. I I bought a piece of art recently and I was showing Aaron. It's in my dining room. And I was, at a separate time, I was sharing the fact that I had purchased that with a a friend of mine who's in Austin. And so I sent him a picture on my phone. And I frame it up like almost like an interior design. Yeah. You know, shoot. I frame it up. I've got my chairs. They're all perfectly symmetrical, and the flowers and the yes. you know vase are right underneath, and and it's you know it's all natural light. Like so, that's how I shoot it. And he says, "No," you know, and he's like, "You need to send me more." And this guy, he his dad's a painter, so maybe he was thinking about it that way. Right. It was fascinating because yeah, I had to get up close. I literally had to show like super super up close textures. That's cool. The though. colors show me different angles. Yeah. And then he didn't just want your one perfect shot. No, he legitimately cared what the image, yeah. what the what the painting looked like. That's cool. And once I sent those, yeah, he's like, oh, that's a beautiful piece. Yes. So that's interesting. So uh, did 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 you talk? To your customers, like it just seems like you know what they want, but yes, I I, I was hard. doing like shows in the beginning, like fairs. Oh, um, and those are great places to talk to people because and to ask feedback and to um, get a feel for which ones are more popular, or surprisingly, when there is not one that's popular, like everybody has a different taste, and it's mm-hmm. one person really really likes this painting and another person really doesn't. So, um, yes, I definitely use like those live times to talk to people when I have like, I'm, I'm bad about this, but I, I want to get better about asking people that buy online. Where did you find me? How did you find me? Right. Like, was it from Instagram and then you went to my Etsy or was it my website or did you hear from a friend or like whatever? I want to get better about that. It's so important. Like I'm, I'm trying to keep a spreadsheet where I have that information so I can see like, okay, 30% of my sales come from, Etsy, Etsy is important or got like 5% are coming from the art crawls. They're not important or whatever it is, you know? So you know where you're spending your energy. How do you decide where you put your, your work? You mentioned Etsy. Yep. Well, um, I originally started on Etsy. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I don't and you know. never left. I don't know if that's appropriate at the, right now. I'm working on migrating <coughs> to something new, but I did do a bunch of research in the beginning on all the, there's like so many different sites. I'm sure as a photographer, you've seen that too. Like there's Satchi, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of different, you could have just host your own. Yeah. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. They all offer different features for different prices. Right. It's very overwhelming. I think at the time I made the decision, I mean, at the time, like this was three or four years ago, Etsy was, Etsy was still really like popular mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of art on there and I liked that it was easy, super easy to add things and put prices 
I don't think it's appropriate now because it's in marketplace for like inexpensive handmade goods, not fine art. Right. But it's still killing it for me. Mm. So I'm not going to take it down, but I'm going to migrate to something new. Okay. So yeah. you, you are, your, your eyes on the future. Yes. But you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Nah. I get, I get a lot of international sales on there, interestingly. In what countries? Uh, the Netherlands. Really? Recently, um, many times to the UK, um, Bahamas, Australia, um, Finland, all over. I mean, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's fascinating. I, it, it, to me, like I want to double click into that and figure out what well, it makes me wonder. I know. What, what is, me too. <laughs> what is that culture? What are they into? Yeah, I know. <clears throat> what is it about these pieces that they're drawn to? Do you, do you draw pieces or, or paint pieces um, with the end customer in mind? Are you, it, no. No, you're, you're literally drawing from the heart. Yeah, I don't want it's, it to have a plan. Commission work does have a plan, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm repainting a prior painting, that has a plan. Yeah. But that's cool. It's like a time for me to learn about like technique and everything. So, mm. but yeah, yeah can I try I do not it to. better this time. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say, like, I definitely th- consider trends. And like, I know that quality art tends to have high texture and painted thick edges. And, you know, I definitely think about those things. Like, those are things customers for sure want. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, as we wrap up here, I, I, I did want to talk a little bit about, I, th- I think it's very clear that your superpower, number one, is mindset. Yes. Right? It's getting that certainty of this is what I want to do. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. It's being able to handle the ups and downs. Right. Um, the thinking about what your audience is asking themselves right through that's just part of the marketing the part of the materials you put out the yeah. um the links you send so you, that's it's very clear that you're doing that really well you, even with the way you talk about your commission schedule and the fact of of, of getting commissions based on prior works that you have painted this yeah. all makes sense to me yeah but i think that last f- part of that formula to your point is the reoccurring customers yes do you have any nuggets that you can share like how, how do you go about getting reoccurring business Deliver massive value, create raving fans, um, like do just do a knockout job, and what's, that's what's a know. knockout job look like though for a painting? I know. So and there's kind of a line between like like over you know a knockout job is I I come in and I do a custom like you know, we, we look at what sizes we mark it out on your wall and I do a quote. I mean, it's more than just the painting, like it's Mm. personal and I don't, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this, but I will say that delivering high value would be going to their house, like delivering it. Maybe you need to include a delivery fee to make this make sense. So you Mm -hmm. can do this, but delivering the painting and installing it on their wall. Everybody hates hanging art. (laughs) that's such a great point like you know the measuring you get this art how many friends do you have who have just like pieces of art or photos and they're just like lining the walls and they've been there for like months yeah (laughs) they're not like they they know where they're gonna put them but they haven't hung them yet yeah yeah totally get that that's that kind of thing and you you skipped over this not not necessarily as a negative thing but i want to come back to it 
you brought up a good point. You you said you know so delivery service, yes. you're adding value, but you bake that into your price. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of I feel like a lot of artists we we will do these things and we don't we don't think about it. But if you're spending time doing something, yes, you better bake that into your price somewhere. You have to. Because, because it's, it's your time. It's your time. And that's cost money. And if I'm spending half a day coming to your place and installing art, that's half a day I'm not painting. Right. So, yeah. yeah get over that mental hurdle of, oh, I don't want to charge too much. Yeah. No. Because uh, it will pay for itself. Yeah. They should, and they see that value. Totally. I, if you're doing a delivery service, it's just my, yes. my feedback. Give me. Come in with a laser level. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, like legit yes. glasses. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, very serious. Very serious. It's a perfect hung painting. Yes. Oh, and this is just, oh, I just thought, thought of this. Framing. People don't like want to deal with that. And so I try to be a resource for that too. So yes, different ways you can add value besides just you the frame painting. it yourself or send it to someone else. I, I, I frame it myself if I can, but mm. I'm not hand making frames. Like if I can find <laughs> good frames, I like, you know, picturing you with the little <laughs> like, I mean, it does require some drilling. Don't, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, yeah. but no, I have a great, I have two great framers actually. So people are always surprised framing can cost as much as the painting. Yeah. That's a shock. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. This has been awesome. Cool. So many good nuggets you've shared. I know. This was really fun. How do people find you? I am on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It is Aaron Elise Artiste. There's actually a dot in there. It's Aaron Elise dot Artiste. <laughs> Artiste ends with an E. We're going to spend another 30 minutes just so I can explain my Instagram handle. Oh, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Great. I'll take care of it. Perfect. And Etsy? I am on Etsy, but you can you can get that on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Great. Nice and simple. Yeah. Easy. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, just go to one link to go to another link. <laughs> Etsy doesn't give you a good, you know, direct link. That's another reason not to use Etsy. So <laughs> there's your tip. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Erin. Thank you. See ya. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Listen, I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can implement in your life or business immediately. But before you go, I've got one ask of you, and that's to please subscribe and rate this podcast. Help me help other creative entrepreneurs like you and I. And here's the deal. When you leave your rating, you'll win a 15-minute free consultative meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again. You rock.